Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and I have a very special guest with me today, Simon Severino. Simon, say hello to our audience, please. Hello, everybody. Excited to be here. So we have already been chatting about all things uh, Italy, and it's just been fun to kind of go back down a little, little memory lane about the Italian football and, and how good they were when we lived in Europe. But Simon, this is about you, not Italian football. So please share a little bit about yourself. And if you were like at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to our audience? I'm Simon Severino. Uh, 18 years I've been doing only one thing, helping people double their revenue. And that's the only thing that I do. The, the, the only difference in the last 18 years is that we do it now in, in, in many, many countries in every time zone because we have scaled the method, the Strategy Sprints method. So I'm the founder of Strategy Sprints, which is a management consultancy. We help people have better sales uh, and better marketing. And what we, what we created is the Strategy Sprints method, which has worked uh, thousands of times and is now um, a program that can be booked by B2B businesses to really quickly improve uh, how they go to market. So the, just the term sprint itself indicates that this is a pretty quick and short process. Is, I mean, I looked at your website a little bit. It, it's kind of like a, is it like a 90 day? Uh, process that you've built in? Is it always 90 days or is that kind of the target? Always 90 days. Month one, after the diagnosis, the goal is to free up time from the founders. We work with small businesses and they are usually still in the weeds. So they're yeah. still doing work in the business instead of working on the business right. and, the whole and so we have thing. to free yeah. yeah so we have to free them up out of the weeds so goal of month one is to regain 10 to 14 hours per week of the founder's time so that they can now work on the business and then month two those 10 to 14 hours we now work on form fit and function of their sales system and the sales system, meaning really from positioning to the sales script, to the message, to the conversion rate, to upsell, retainment, cross-selling, and the referral system. Who does what and uh, how can we improve each part of the sales system? Then month three is about, okay, now we have a machine that's working. We write down all the processes, basically all the activities that work, we write them down. Now we have an SOP manual and now you have a machine. Now you have something that works when you sleep, it works when you're on holidays. And you know, I'm Italian, I do four weeks uninterrupted beach vacation every summer. And I want this for, for all of our clients. Now, most of our clients are in San Francisco or in Los Angeles, they get a heart attack if, they, if I tell them so now you schedule four weeks vacation and they go, Simon, if you remove my kidney, I will, I will work four hours later. That is so true. 
that is so true of uh of i, I think yanks in general for for sure we, we get nervous when uh we hear europeans talk about taking august off <laughs> yeah in general and then specifically right the the deep tech entrepreneurs in silicon valley that we work with specifically the idea of four weeks and your business it runs without you for some people it's strange mm -hmm. and so we help them and say okay you don't have to put it in your calendar for this year put it in your calendar for next year and let's work towards that and so as soon as the machine is established then the last bit and this is very counterintuitive because this is what most people do a lot of for us it's just the last five percent and that's marketing most people spend money on marketing. They spend time on marketing. We advise everybody to not spend one cent on marketing until the very, very, very last stage of scaling, but not in the growth stage. So before you have a machine, before you have time to work on the system, not in the system. So you, you have extrapolated yourself from the core operations, from the delivery. Like I was, I was the coach for 17 years. I fired myself from operations. You cannot book Simon as a coach. That's the first thing that you have to do. Then when you have gathered and, and supervised and trained your people, then you write all processes down. Now you have a business. Mm. Before that, it was a series of jobs, a series right. of projects. Now you have a business. It's repeatable. It works without you. No key person risk. And now it's also sellable. And this is when the next stage comes. Now it's a scalable business. Now you go into scaling. Until now, it was growth, which is basically hustle, work more, work more, right, work more. Right. Okay, it's the first couple of years. I get it. Yeah, it took me also like two and a half years to just build it by volume. Okay, that's, that's the beginning. But then you have to change gears. Otherwise, you will burn out. And, and so that's what we help people do, changing gears. And when you get to scaling, now it's the time for marketing. Now you can start putting time and money into marketing and not even very much. Uh, but now it makes sense because you have a machine. The more leads you put in, the more conversions into mm -hmm. deals. Well, now it makes sense. But most people who are listening right now, they are at the stage if they just pour in more deals, that doesn't make more clients. And if they would make more clients, then they couldn't deliver. Right, right. And that, that makes that makes so much sense. The the whole idea that if you're going to pour money into marketing, it's much better to pour it in when you see that the process is already working. And now all you're doing is just trying to scale it versus actually creating that growth or creating that that initial revenue or that initial market that, that you're you're looking for. But is so is the is the process like is it a flat fee is it a rev share is it a i mean how if i'm if i have a small business and i, I want to say hey yes i want this this whole system what do i do so you jump on a call strategiesprints.com you talk to somebody on my team and then we find out with you what we can achieve together and we will make a proposal and that proposal We'll say, for example, okay, based on these three goals that we just discussed and these numbers that you have right now, this is what we can achieve. And one number will be around sales, one about marketing, one about operations. And one-tenth of the additional sales we can achieve with you, that will be the price 
for this print. So let's say we can achieve together 250,000 in additional sales in 90 days. 25,000 will be the price of your sprint. You will pay upfront and we start the next day. And if you don't hit those targets? Then we need to change something. <laughs> and so that's why we don't measure at the end. We don't measure at, at, at day 90. We measure every seven days. So okay. we have 12 times the chance to course correct. Right. The strategy sprints method is for 90 days, three goals, three numbers. Mm -hmm. And we have a live dashboard, works everywhere, works on our client's phone, wherever they are. My idea was always, I want something like Spider-Man that he has his friend on the computer, right? He's in action and says, hey, should I kick the left door or should I kick the right door? And his friend says, give me a minute. <laughs> and then says, do the left door, right? Because one is in action. And when you're in action, you take bad decisions. You need somebody who is um, in a calm situation, running the numbers, researching, and then giving you that, that number in that moment when you need it. And then you take the decision, you act. So that's a good combination for me, I think, in entrepreneurship is action, but based on reality and decisions based on your reality. And your reality are numbers, the facts that right. you can gather. Right. So that's the combination. And so that's why we have a real-time dashboard and a team that is in a calm situation and a team that is in action. And the combination of that makes the strategy sprints method impactful. And we have 12 times the chance to course correct. Mm. So around week three, we will find out, oh, look, these activities are not leading to one twelfth of this outcome. Mm -hmm. So it's not working. Yeah. What do we do now? And so 12 times we will double check goal. Is it one twelfth of this should be this week's outcome? If we are below it, we will change the activities. We will always keep the goals but we will change the activities. Oh, we have tried it via LinkedIn. It seems not to work. Let's try Facebook. Oh, we have tried this service. It doesn't work. Let's try this service. So it will be a series of activities, measurement, changing activities, measurement, changing activities. What a, what a great system that you have like 12 kind of KPIs that you're, you know, at moments that you're capturing these metrics, you know, as you're going along. But so this is primarily, I guess, targeted at the kind of going concerns, existing businesses, not, not virtually startups, because they really, I mean, goals are just kind of guesses, maybe at that point in time. So who would be like the ideal client? Or is there such a thing as an ideal client? Yes, the ideal client. So most of the people that, that have amazing results with, with the Sprint right now are consultancies, agencies and SaaS businesses, B2B SaaS businesses. Mm -hmm. These are the people who the Sprint is really made for. Now, they have already market traction. If they, if they want to be eligible for the Sprint, they, they need already market traction. And we defined market traction by being 35K MRR, if they are a SaaS business, or just 35K repeatable revenue if they are a professional service per month. 35K per month is my definition uh, of market traction based on the last 18 years. If, you, if people pull per month 35K from your offering, 
not the world the world wants it mm -hmm. yeah that that for sure and but it'd be nice in 90 days to be able to say it's 70 in 70k a month you know versus exactly 35. and if they are at 35 we guarantee we'll get them to 70. that's you you can bring it to the bank if they are below 35k we have a group coaching a kicker let's mm. get you to 35k and that's a group coaching where because they need slightly different things then we yeah. need to work on positioning and on sales and um until we get them to the 35k because you need to refine the offer that that really converts so it's more research and more experiments and less of systemizing right later on when you have it and it's working then it's about scaling it so we, we talked a lot about the, the business and the, and the program around, you know, strategy sprints. So I'd like to go back kind of the origin story. So, you know, you didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I've got a 90 day program that just works for everybody. So how did you arrive at this? I mean, so often, like these processes are, are born out of a, an entrepreneur's own personal experience, like building their own company. They just figured something out and now they're kind of scaling yeah. it across to other industries. So what's the origin story of Strategy Sprints? I had a great mentor. So I started as a junior consultant in a global consultancy. And the typical career, junior consultant. And then I, I was quickly moving upwards, senior consultant, project manager, senior project manager, etc. all the ranks, walking, walking up the ranks. And I had a great mentor. My boss in, in Switzerland was an incredibly smart person who had wrote a leadership best-selling book in, in Europe. He was the leadership guy. And um, the way he wrote the book, I was with him in, in Paris, in New York, in Shanghai, in, in the big projects, learning from the big, uh, big problems to solve. And I saw how he created that book that became a bestseller. Mm. And it was... It was by running workshops. And when people would ask him questions, he would revise the chapters and he would have it in papers uh, for months. At some point, nobody would start questioning anything. And then he said, now the book is ready. Took that pile of paper and gave it to his publisher. <laughs> that's how he created his book. And that's why it was a bestseller because it was built in action with real people. Very practical, yeah very practical mm -hmm. and so that was my formation i said okay this is how you build things that that really work and that's what i did for the next 18 years i was just you know immersed in teams we call them strategy teams uh immersed in teams that they have to think about okay which 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 product in which market do we grow here or not do we change the business model what do we do in that country and so for 18 years i was doing just that and so I was, of course, I had to build spreadsheets and models and slides, et cetera, to structure all of these decisions. How do we gather the data? How, how do we, as, as an executive team, uh, take decisions? And I was the moderator. I was the one who had to find the right form to take decisions, mm. the meeting cadence, the decision mm -hmm. structuring. That was my job as moderator of these meetings. And so after 18 years, I had enough of spreadsheets that work. And I call this the Sprint University. So now we have 274 templates, blueprints that were built on the field with people in uh, 
27 different industries, 14 different countries, but I know that they work because we did solve big problems. We did launch great products. We did execute countrywide rollouts of a product. And now I know they work. I add them to a Sprint University. And every new client has access to basically to 18 years of my building, building tools. And, and that's what's helpful. I mean, what a foundation though. I mean, to have 18 years in a kind of major consultancy, to have so many case studies, you know, to draw from and, and I mean, real time, they're not, they're not made up, you know, case studies. These are real time examples of what's worked and things that aren't working as well. I mean, you saw, you saw the things that do and did not work, you know, so, and that's, that's kind of both sides of those coins. So as you, when did you launch strategy sprints? When did you step out of the consultancy, kind of the employee side of consultancy to, you know, going on your own? So I went on my own, it's now whew, 11, 11 years ago, but this form, this program is now four and a half years old. And so in four and a half year, in the first year, I was still doing everything. I was still consulting. And then I started bringing my people in and teaching them. And so I created the same thing to, to upskill them, to train them. And then I fired myself from operations three and a half years ago. And that was the moment when we went from growth to scaling. And now it's a, it's a franchise model. And there are certified strategy sprints coaches around the globe. We have in Los Angeles, Thomas and uh, in, 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 in between, we have um, in, in Lisboa, we have Serena. And then in Shanghai, we have uh, Lawrence. And in Singapore, um, we have uh, Stefan. And in between, a ton of people. And every month, I am adding two people because we are, we are expanding and we mm -hmm. want to have more impact. We want to, have more, want to help more people regain their time and their freedom. And they're, I mean, obviously you're having people come to you and say, hey, we're interested in this program. You're going, I don't have enough coaches, you know, to exactly. fill this demand. And I mean, so actually you turned yes. on the marketing right at the end, right? As you, as you figured out the process and now you're scaling your, even your own program. Exactly. And there are now other people are scaling my program because basically the sprint coach in, in, in her country, in his country, in their networks, they are solving problems. And by doing that, they are showing everybody the sprint method. So um, it's, we are having ripple effects mm. now. And uh, I do also marketing. I am on podcasts yeah. uh, every day on three, four podcasts of other people's. And I run two YouTube channels myself where, where I just share what I'm learning. One is more of a personal thing, how I invest and do cash flow management and do my own revenue systems. And the other one is more experts in the field of scaling companies and how they did it and how did you survive the, the, the shift from, from being in the trenches to becoming a CEO, all these, all these field stories. I and mean, what a what a great transition though. I mean, of of having, you know, this this mentor in Europe to kind of walk you through the process and then you kind of stepped out on your own. So I mean, it's always a transition going from employee to CEO or or founder. What are some, you know, one or two things that you know, as you look back at that transition and you know, even from that time till now, 
what are a, a couple of, of learnings, I guess, or real nuggets that you could you could come up with that you know people that are considering that same transition you think would be really helpful to them, regardless of industry. Just one or two really key, you know, this is what I wish I would have known when I started, you know, four years ago. Yeah, one thing, and I like that you asked uh, what has what was not working in in these global projects. Because in traditional consulting, there is so much that is not working. And, and we all, we all consultancies, we have made so much money with projects that in reality should not be that highly paid because the impact is low. Mm. And, um, and so I've learned from the things that don't work. And I wish, I wish I had, I had done this earlier. So let me share this. I had some projects. And what, one was even with the country. So it was the technology ministry of a country. And that country had a problem. And we would fly in every month, 12 people, and say, all right, let's structure the, the landscape, do a sensitivity analysis, mapping out the problems, and then prioritize what are the levers, what do we, what do we solve first? If we solve unemployment, will that change that other variable or do we need to fix inflation first, et cetera. You know, complex system and you need to find out what to do. And so once a month we would analyze with them and then fly back to our countries and say, all right, and the assignment until next month is this one. And then we would fly in the next month and they had done nothing. <laughs> and then we would say, why? And they'd say, well, you know, we had so much Maybe. to do. Okay. And then, <laughs> and so, and, Everybody probably right now listening goes, oh yeah, I know these this kind of projects. And so my thing was that at some point I said, okay, I'm not in this game anymore. I will do less projects and the requirement will be, I will only work with people who send me progress reports every week. And it can be a meeting that we go through the progress reports together. I will report my progress. You will report your progress. And everybody has ownership, no excuses. And I was willing, because it just felt right. In, in my stomach, it just felt right to work that way. You know, when I think with my wife, hey, who is picking up the kids, etc. I don't let her wait for one month. We are, we are reliable. We say right now what's going on and we do it. So why is the world of work so much different? It's the same thing. You have to organize stuff, right? And to be reliable and to make stuff happen. And so I was like, okay, I, I am willing to risk that I, I may not have enough work for the next years, but it feels right. The integrity signal says, yes, it's the right thing to do. And so... I said, okay, I stop every project where people don't want to have a weekly progress tracking session. And really 80% of the people stopped working with me, literally. And so that was a bad month. <laughs> but it felt right. It felt right. And I had some reserves. I could, I could uh, stomach that. And this is basically how the, how the strategy sprints method, I, I didn't know that at that point that this would become a method. It was just my way of having less, um, less low energy projects and less low output projects. And I was also happy to have more time just to have a life again and to meet my friends. 
So I, I quite enjoyed that month. I didn't do a lot of money, but I enjoyed that month. And that became then the method. I, I kept with this, with this rule, no project without weekly progress measuring. Mm. I, I mean, I, it's interesting because I've asked that question a lot on, on the podcast about, you know, what you wish you knew and, and learnings. This is, this is maybe one of the most unique answers I have ever had a, a, a guest share. And I don't want to go by it too quickly. I want our, our audience to really stop, pause, and listen to what he just said. And I mean, I, I kind of paraphrase it in my own words, but it really is holding clients to a high accountability standard, you know, hold them to the ownership of their own stuff, you know. Um, and I love the term you use, integrity signal. You know, what a great, what a great term, what a great thought, you know, perspective to have when, you know, you took a risk, but you said it felt right. It felt like this is the direction we need to head regardless of the outcome. I mean, we can correct, course correct later if we had to, but uh, I mean, you talk about following your gut, you know, and listening to your own inner intuition that says, this is the right way, you know, walk this way. You know, I, I, I love that. I, I love the way you kind of phrase that. And you know what's funny? I could have seen this earlier because I was feeling it. Everybody's feeling it. If, if, if you look at the body language in, in projects with monthly reports, and if you look at the body language of people in projects with weekly reports, it's a completely different thing. The energy is higher in the room. People laugh more. Um, they are motivated. It feels like in the weekly report world, it feels like people are playing basketball. You know, when you play basketball, you want to immediately say, oh, was it a point or no point? Two points or three points? You don't want to wait a month. And so I could have gotten this much earlier, but sometimes we don't, we don't look at the things directly. Like what is the body telling you? How does it feel? The direct path is sometimes lost and we get overly complicated and overly fancy and create 170 metrics instead of just looking, hey, look, they're fired up. What are they doing differently than, than them? Mm. I, yeah, sometimes it is the simple things that make the, that have the biggest difference for sure. And I, I, that's certainly something I think you've learned over, over the years and just observationally, you know, watching uh, not only businesses but human nature you know and how it reacts but there are there are so many questions i could i could continue to ask you i want to honor your time today and but is there some is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think would be really helpful to our audience uh just to kind of close out today and then make sure that uh you tell people where the best place to find out more about strategy sprints sure so the main thing that i would i would give is go through your activities right now and cut them in half. And then when you have that list, cut it in half again. You can do it this week and it really, it will help you. If you miss those things, you can restart them two weeks later, but try it out. And, uh, and these tools, they are all available open source on our website, it's strategysprints.com. And um, I share them very openly because I want people to use them. The more they get used, the better, the better they become. And um, there are around 30 of these 274 templates are just open source on our website and um, people can grab them, strategysprints.com. And that, that's the best place to, to learn more about this is at strategysprints.com on the web. 
Yes, plus if you are if you like YouTube, I run two YouTube channels. One is called Strategy Sprints, one is called Simon Severino, and they are both daily and they are more about the journey, about what I'm learning today and uh, sharing some nuggets. I mean, this is one busy man that has fired himself from his own job. So he's doing four or five podcast episodes a day. He's doing daily YouTube videos. I mean, what what else? And he and he picks up his kids at school on time too. He did you hear that? He he certainly. I just it. I just wrote a book. It will come out in two weeks. It's in pre-order now on Amazon. It's called Strategy Sprints. It's about about all these cases, practical cases and how you can apply the strategy sprints method in when, on your own business when this goes live it'll that link to the, the book will probably be out out so we will we'll make sure that we have the link to that as well but simon thank you for just taking time today and just sharing your story it's been a it's been a blast just to hear kind of the you know the things you've learned and, and how you've applied them and i think been so helpful to our audience and just really grateful for you just uh, playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Simon, have a great weekend. Kevin, thank you for doing this and thank you for your time. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.